1: Football. Canton, Ohio.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast. You know it's the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan if you've been here for a while. If you're new, I know we do get some new listeners this time of year on both the college side and the NFL side. Uh, here we basically talk about the journey of the best football players from beginning to end in their careers. From being a recruit through college, through the NFL, and to discussions as to who should be in the Hall of Fame and uh, we've been doing a lot of back and forth between the college side, NFL side, and I'm going to pivot back to the NFL side today. Uh, I took a little bit of a break here because uh, I, Travis, had had a huge life change and uh, started a, an awesome opportunity uh, with Mojo, where I'll be the uh, lead college football analyst there, and so uh, really excited to just to really, I mean, the, the big thing we're doing is launching the first ever college football stock market. I already had the uh, NFL side open uh, just two weeks ago. And so really can't wait to share that with you and uh, continue to see that grow. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And you can find me, uh, my, not me, my co-host, uh, Stefan Lecoe at Stéphane Lecoe on Twitter. Joined by him again, of course, today we are going to do a mock draft redrafting the 20, 2022 rookie class uh, as of today uh, so before we jump in and I do uh, want to jump in pretty quickly because it's really late already after the Monday night games i've I've been in here with the mojo team watching the game as ugly as it was uh, but uh, statepon how you been man
3: I'm good dude I, I've been good I'm uh you know living uh living life large I'm heading to uh, the big city. Tomorrow I'm going down to Albuquerque for some just a (laughs) romping good a romping good time. Uh, We got the the battle for I-25, New Mexico, New Mexico State. I wouldn't miss it for the world.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I'm sure that that sounds exhilarating. Actually, it'd probably be more exciting than uh, half the NFL primetime games this year. But uh, I mean, it's they all just decided, hey, let's just be Iowa in prime time okay let's just not score uh any points whatsoever um, yeah we can be good on defense i mean we were just talking about this before we hit record but like we can be good on defense but this whole offense thing let's just not do that at all uh, maybe act like we're going to in like the last drive of the game but then fall like a half an inch short like the bears uh just just did so and the uh, broncos really did luck. last week I oh mean, yeah
3: just i was it. at that game i was at that <laughs> game oh, my god
2: I am so sorry for your loss, but, uh, so tons of new information, uh, last episode, we actually had a different kind of mock draft where we kind of did a, a mid season or early, early season, uh, Debbie developmental, uh, kind of college side draft where, uh, trying to predict the future in terms of these players, uh, you know, having success for our fantasy football rosters a few years in advance, but right now the rookies are the hot names right now. I, I, I mean, All these guys that are making a difference for your roster right now, having just been drafted this year, taking advantage in your fantasy leagues to just find the right rookies to invest in and believe in, or the the ones that we can trade away and perhaps pivot off of uh, is it's, it's a huge deal because it could really set you up to, well, win or fail in a huge way. If you make the right decision with these young up-and-coming playmakers so hopefully this mock draft gives you an updated as of today look uh, and to the minds of me and Stefan and how we value this current 2022 rookie class Uh, so we're redrafting the the rookie drafts of this offseason for dynasty fantasy football leagues and uh, imagine that it is a super flex format so you can start more than one quarterback tight end premium so you get a little extra juice for the tight end receptions and of course ppr uh, point per reception so stefan i gave you the first pick again and i am curious to see where you go here i don't think i'm going to be surprised here uh, but i think i'm going to have a really tough decision but who's going to be your first pick in the redrafting the 2020 to a rookie class special here
3: so I was busily looking at uh, some of these numbers while you were introing it. <laughs> so you probably already answered this, and I'm a real asshole. Um, but I do have a quick <laughs> question uh, regarding the rules. <laughs> um, are, is this? A, we're presuming this is a Dynasty League. Yeah, this is the
2: Dynasty League, and we're, it's like we're drafting these rookies okay, as So of today. this isn't just like we so draft
3: or anything like that. No, this is, this is for Dynasty, man. Okay, like this is okay.
2: You are building a dynasty with these rookies, so it's a big deal today moving forward. I mean, obviously, you don't man. get to retroactively assign the points that we've gotten this year to your roster, but imagine you're drafting it today. How would you make your decision? First overall pick, you're on the clock.
3: I'm going to go with Breeze Hall. Yeah. Um, and it's actually a lot harder decision than it maybe should be. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of wide receivers I like to be honest with you, but because of that, um, I feel like getting who I believe is like the top running back in the class pretty easily at the moment. Um, I mean, Damian Pierce has been has been good. He actually has more uh, rush touchdowns on the year, um, but they're tied for total touchdowns. Now, Brees Hall. Um, I think we're slowly be beginning to see him take over that backfield. I mean, Michael Carter had a nice uh, week last week getting into the end zone, but uh, this is slowly becoming Brees' backfield. And I I think um, if you have Michael Carter, go ahead and sell him uh, now, please, because uh, as the season goes on, he'll still have a role, but it won't be near significant. I think Brees Hall uh, really takes a step up here. And um, I think for the next three, three, four years, you've got a really, really solid running back. Obviously, we hope, You know, you you hope your your uh, first overall pick gets that second contract, but uh, the the state of running backs in the world today, uh, nothing's guaranteed. (laughs) So, oh no, um, yeah. But uh, but I'll take Brees Hall uh, with a first overall pick, and uh, I'm curious if that's, I mean, that's probably what you expected me to take. But is that what you would have taken?
2: Oh, absolutely. There's no debate um, in my book. Uh, That's been the case. I don't know. We've been mocking Brees Hall in this slot (laughs) first overall for. I don't know, two years. Yes. <laughs> pretty much yep. going into this class. We were like, you know, this is going to be a pretty gross uh, running back crew. And it's obviously Brees Hall. Uh, I mean, I was of that bunch.
3: I was always taking Travis die first, but he ended up going to play at USC <laughs> to get that, to chase that yeah, ship. But I don't uh, think you, don't think you really were. Yeah. I don't think you really were, but I do love, uh, I do love seeing him do well, even though it's, it's weird that he stayed in the packed. Well, that hurts me, but whatever. Yeah. We'll talk yeah, about that
2: but, some other time. Yeah, we can cry off air. But uh Brees, Brees Hall, uh obvious uh, number one overall pick here. He, he started a little bit slow, uh, and really his rushing attempt totals ha- has not been what's crazy impressive. I mean, there's one other running back who's had way more rushing attempts, but overall his touches are just really balanced. He's He's proving to be... Uh, a receiving weapon at this point. I don't know when you're going to be listening to the show. You, you know, you might be listening next. You know, next week. I don't know what the timing looks like. But uh, coming off this action, um, you know, heading into this this coming weekend. I guess what what week is this? Week six. So I got to mix up with week yep. six that's it i get it mixed up with the college because they're always one week ahead you know yeah but uh nfl's man, having...
3: always struggling man they're always trying <laughs> to keep up but they're always just a <laughs> little bit behind i mean the nfl doesn't even have a week zero i mean let's think uh, about yeah, it yeah it, it's true
2: and <laughs> uh, that, that that always confuses uh, uh, like everyone by the way but, <laughs> yeah uh, seriously Bryce hall almost 100 yards from scrimmage per game and he has like 55 r- rushing yards a game over 42 receiving yards a game and overall opportunities, which is just, you know, the carries and his targets uh, almost 18 per contest thus far uh, coming into the year, my 1.01 and 1.02 as dirty as it felt were Reese hall and Garrett Wilson, <laughs> two jets. It felt gross actually yes. trying to project future NFL success. Uh, the two, uh, you know, best players in the class, really, from a talent standpoint, being on such a a brutal team to go to. Uh, But I'm actually going to stay right where I am uh, in that one-two punch and go with the second pick here, Garrett Wilson, New York Jets. Uh, He's actually seeing the the most targets among any rookie wide receiver this year, 9.2 receiving uh, targets per game. Uh, you know, not it hasn't been exactly efficient because, you know, they've had quarterback struggles uh, like the Jets typically do, uh, but still almost 60 receiving yards a game. His market share numbers are, are really solid, even though he's splitting the, the the work with a couple other faces there. So I think long term, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore can both eat. We see typically every single year, uh, you know, four or three, four or five different pairings of, Uh, wide receivers on the same team finished inside the top 24 i think we could see that happen for the jets for many years to come so second pick overall garrett wilson new york jets what do you think about that
3: yeah i mean uh i think like i said there's a lot of i mean there's really he and two other guys that i i'm really torn on um at this spot right here so I, i like garrett wilson here um, it makes my decision a tiny bit easier uh, going with the third one, but not really because if you would have taken one of the other, Garrett would have been there and it would have been just as difficult. But um, I like him a lot. I do feel nervous, uh, you know, hitching my um, hitching my ride to to Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> but maybe that's not a problem. Maybe, yeah. maybe Zach Wilson will be okay. And if not, um, teams don't seem to hang on to bad quarterbacks as long as much mm-hmm. as bad teams just recycle bad quarterbacks <laughs> um but i, I think uh if, if zach wilson's bad uh the jets will just draft another one and then maybe they end up with someone better i don't know um who knows it's hard to say but garrett wilson i think is uh i mean he's a fantastic uh from from a skill perspective absolutely amazing so uh, yeah. he's getting the targets i mean what more do you want uh, I, yeah. I i like him a lot cool well, who are you gonna would... go with that pick three yeah so this one's probably gonna be controversial. Um, but I'm going to take Drake London right here. Uh, I think he is just absolutely phenomenal. And, um, because we are talking about dynasty, um, that's why I wanted to just clear things up. Uh, I think speaking of getting new quarterbacks, I do not think Marcus Mariota is going to be in Atlanta. Uh, oh, he might be in Atlanta. He won't be the starter in Atlanta next year. I think we'll see CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, um, God, I hope not Will Levis. If it's Will Levis, this is a terrible pick. Um, but no, seriously, yeah. I think I think we'll see a, a, an improvement um, in quarterback play in Atlanta. And Drake London already has shown that he has the skills to be an elite wide receiver in the NFL. And even on a team that uh, does not throw the ball very often, I think they might be uh, on pace to break the record for fewest pass attempts in a, in a season. But yeah. But his target percentage is really really high so when they are oh, throwing the incredibly. football, they are looking to him he he's getting um eight targets just little little over eight targets uh per game the yardage isn't there he's got a, a pair of touchdowns i do think we see an improvement even on that i mean it's he's a rookie wide receiver it's it's not uncommon for them to take a while to acclimate to the nfl but i think he's already um well on his way i think they're Um, You know, you can't deny the fact that other receivers have been other rookie receivers, probably the next rookie off the board uh, from a wide receiver has put up more points than him. But I think long term Drake London um, is going to have an overall better career.
2: Yeah, I I, I definitely still very much like Drake London. I mean, we, we could talk about him as a prospect, but at this point he's in the league. He got the capital that we need that we like to see. He's got great. Uh, market share numbers so once the offense actually scales i think they'll the, the volume will be there uh, so you can't really knock that pick i'm gonna go with chris obave though chris right. obave of um you know saints and it's hard to argue against him um on the flip side you know he's kind of had some uh some help i guess to get the volume that he's gotten because um you know michael thomas hasn't been 100 percent healthy jarvis landry's just old <laughs> and so like if you look at the the target distribution there he's almost doubled up every other receiving option there in terms of raw target totals on the year. He has like 42, 43, uh, you know, depending on your source, it's in between 42 and 45 targets on, on the season Uh, and nine. And so, so around nine targets per game, uh, almost 400 receiving yards already. And a couple touchdowns, almost 80 receiving yards per game. His market share numbers are are obviously just incredible. Uh, So already as, as a, uh, and I almost called him a freshman, as a rookie. <laughs> as a rookie, he's he's already almost averaging 16 points per game PPR. Uh, so he's already a hit. He's got the capital. He's got the opportunity. He's got literally everything that you're looking for. Is he going to be that uh, year one boom like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson? It doesn't look like that's going to be the case, but that's just not that common. And right. uh, so Chris, Chris Olave here, uh, at pick four. I had him as my pick five uh coming into rookie draft season. I think in the road of his ro- rookie guide, I was actually uh the highest on Chris Olave at, at pick five, but pick four just feels like a value at this point, which is crazy considering that the consensus on him was more around uh mid to even late uh first round pick in some leagues.
3: Yeah, which always seems it seems short sighted to me. Like it seemed like people were worried about about Jarvis Landry. And um even if Jarvis uh, stayed healthy all year like he's a year older every year right and when you're like already in your 30s like that makes or they don't actually know how seriously he like
2: he and it, michael thomas are like both when very it, very close to yeah. 30 they're, they're like a 29 and a half plus so and so yeah they're on so the back nine
3: you you joke about jarvis landry always being injured but like that's it's not because he's an injury prone it's because he's an old he's old for nfl standards right um, I mean, yep. I was walking up the stairs this morning and I felt injured. So <laughs> I mean, but I'm 40, uh, but yeah. I mean, because of that, like you get older, your body does slow down. And I think, um, Chris Alave is going to benefit from that. And honestly, uh, Wilson, London and Alave are, are, I'm happy with any, any one of them, obviously. Like, I think they're both, uh, all, I mean, all three of them are, are fantastic choices early in drafts because they all seem to be, uh, on track to, um, Hit all of our expectations. Our hopes and dreams are all going to be met in these three men. All of them. Every yes. last one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, This is where
2: I, I don't know where you're going. With no. This big because. You don't. Uh, I'm going mean, to shock the world here. Are you going to? The, the entire uh-huh. world is going to be shocked. The entire world. what you're saying. Okay. It's,
3: it's the. Uh, I, I want to tie my running back to an explosive, high-scoring offense. The Seattle Seahawks, baby. Kenny Walker is now the lead back with Rashad Penny being out. And I think he takes this job and you look so can you look shocked. You think I'm joking. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think I think Ken Walker is going to um, absolutely skyrocket from this point forward. Um, I know he hasn't done it yet. It's a bit of a risk, but um, I, I, I really I really think he's going to uh, steal this job. And just like Chris Carson did um, take it from Penny and Penny can do nothing. Penny's out for the year. Like he's not coming back. And uh, this is the last year on his contract anyway. Um, I believe, I think it's a team option. So I don't think he's back next year Um, or they'll pay him like two and a half million, which is going to be too much to be a backup. And Ken Walker is now the lead back at Seattle uh, for the next four years. And again, if Geno Smith, if this just is a flash in the pan, although we are already uh, more than a quarter of the way through the season, um, I don't know. I, I think this offense is is really clicking and they paid some crap defenses, but um, a lot of teams have played crap defenses and haven't been able to put up points like the Seahawks have. So uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I think we see Kenny get involved. I know it's not Kenny anymore, but I like to call him that because we're buddies. Um, yeah. You and I, Kenny doesn't know who I am yet. Uh, uh, he, yeah, he'll know. He he, though. Now he that I though, took right? him, now that I took him this early, I think he uh, he'll yeah. be happy with me. Uh, no, I, I know it's, so. I know it's surprising. Most people be like Damian Pierce. Listen, I liked Ken Walker before, uh, the first five games of this season. I still like him better now as a, as an, as a prospect. Um, yeah. I think the opportunity is going to be there. And I think if you think about it from like, not looking back, but looking forward, if, if the season mm-hmm. started, like if we were drafting preseason, like everyone did, you know, and we knew Rashad Penny had just broken his leg and Ken Walker was the guy in Seattle, he'd be going right here. Um, so, yeah,
2: I mean, there were a lot of people who had Kenneth Walker going here, uh, even pre-draft, given all the hype. Uh, and after he landed in, in that spot, I think the first couple of weeks after the draft, uh, he was going in this range. And now that there's a clear path to touches, it's hard to argue that uh, he uh, well, that most anyone should go earlier than Kenneth Walker at this point, because there's probably going to be a boom of production following this uh, obvious spike in opportunity. And you mentioned Damian Pierce. I'm not going to go with new Damian Pierce here. I know that he, he. we can talk about him when we get to him. I'm not sure where, where he's going to go. You might be taking him next. But I'm going to go with George Pickens, uh, wide receiver, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. If we're playing Dynasty uh, and I don't need uh, Damian Pierce to fill a slot for me right away, and I'm thinking more long-term, I'm going to go with George Pickens here. I think we for, for forever have known that he had every bit of the pro upside uh, that we wanted to see. I mean, he was a top-tier, fringe, four- or five-star type guy. Uh, and broke out as a true freshman, had incredible metrics right out the gate. And even through all the injuries, if you squint, he still had nice adjusted numbers throughout the rest of his career with the right quarterbacks. And so uh, coming into a situation where he's earned a significant snap share right away, and he already has, what, 32 catches, 250 yards, no touchdowns yet, though. Here's the thing. like uh, He's actually underperforming given the expectation of his current uh, opportunity profile like he's 166 uh, 166th in fantasy points over expected per game at the position 166th among wide receivers so we should see some regression to the mean in a good way uh, he has just in the past couple of weeks seen a spike in his actual uh, PPR performances uh, but he's running a, a bunch of routes <laughs> uh, not always getting a ton of targets and, and and he's running you know basically the go curl uh sit tight routes where it's all way outside the numbers. Uh, but that's just kind of how he won in college too. Uh, so the Steelers clearly want to get him on the field and take advantage of how he wins. And so I think it's already kind of set in stone. He's going to uh, replace Claypool uh, in terms of target share and target volume long-term and and be the, the wide receiver two, if not the wide receiver one maybe for this team long-term. So I'm going to go with George Pickens at Big Six and feel pretty good about it.
3: I love all the, the – on Twitter, just like the videos of him like get open the way Pickens gets open where it's like half a step. He pushes the corner back to the ground and then just yes. takes off like a bat oh, out of hell. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Do, I really enjoy does it. He like,
2: does it like at least once. I feel like every single game you just see him flatten somebody because they're trying to press him. But you just can't because he's such a massive human being with just lanky long arms that always yeah. gets the first hit. So it, it's just – it's really hard to not root for a guy that, that just plays that aggressively at the position.
3: Yeah. It's, it's super fun. I, I, I am here for it. Um, my next pick is another, uh, maybe a surprising one for you. Uh, uh, maybe not. Um, but I'm, I'm yeah. going down to your neck of the woods. Gonna go, uh, go get a, a, a Titan. I want Traylon Burks. I know he's had a slow start. I think this is more, uh, a product of, um, Matt. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, Matt? Who's Matt Tannehill? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think Traylon Brooks is still a phenomenal athlete. Again, the, kind of the theme, as you'll noticing, is like, yes, these five games are important in kind of uh, directing my opinions in, in certain areas. However, um, not that much has changed. It's only five games. It's a small sample size. I still think, I mean, for Traylon, he's only played in four games. I I, I know his, uh, I, I, we. I'm sure we were hoping for more than, 10 receptions and 120 yards through this part of the season. Um, But I do think there is um, still a path to a really productive outcome. Um, So I I still like Traylon Burks. I still believe in the talent. I think the, uh, the production will come. Uh, yeah. So, so maybe the, maybe I'm not the most exciting person to talk to you about all this because my takes <laughs> haven't changed a whole lot. Well, um, I mean, they, they, they want to overcorrect,
2: move. right? Yeah. I mean, well, you don't want to say, look, we've we've seen five weeks, and so now we're automatically giving up on player because he hasn't met our, our, our probably likely uh, somewhat outlandish uh, expectations in some cases for these rookies. So uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you took him, so I didn't have to because I didn't know where to take him. Uh, yeah. Because I have some conflicting biases when it comes to just being a titans fan Uh, i want him to succeed but he's also been incredibly frustrating uh just to watch and just uh, he needs to do something especially given that he was replacing aj brown for the titans Uh, so the expectations from the fan base were outlandishly high from day one for him so he's definitely disappointed but you know he was the consensus wide receiver one pre-draft uh, for many people, especially yeah. uh, like back in January, February, before uh, his his combine season, made him look a little bit less athletic. But um, yeah, it's hard to argue with him going in the back half of round one. At this point, though, I'm going to pivot and I'm going to go with production now. As much as I I don't really believe long term he's going to be the most productive uh, remaining option. Uh, if I've already kind of gotten a pick, and I I did, I got George Pickens with my last one, uh, Damian Pierce. Has uh, surprised many. Uh, he was kind of the, the the darling pick by a lot of people this summer. Uh, after he was selected by the Texans, that was the slot that we wanted Reese Hall to go to. That was the yeah. slot that we wanted to enter your favorite running back here to go to, and uh, that just didn't happen. Uh, and you know, a somewhat boring uh, by the numbers running back prospect went to the Texans, and it didn't really matter who was going to go there. There was going to be lots of opportunity to be had, and that's. Already up, come to the tune of 88 rush attempts uh, through five games for Damian Pierce. He hasn't had a ton of work in the receiving game, but he has still had uh, 13 catches there too. So in terms of overall opportunity profile, he has even more than Brees Hall right now. He's got, and when you mix his uh, carries and his targets, he's got 21 opportunities per game on average so far this year. Uh, Like over 90 yards from scrimmage. Uh, almost 16 points per game for fantasy purposes. So really hard to uh, argue against just getting the fantasy points really down the stretch this year and and next. I think he's replaceable long-term still, but he's so fun to watch. He runs so angry. And uh, he graded out really well by all the expertise, uh, you know, the expert services, even if his raw uh, and even adjusted production metrics didn't look very good. Uh, And and he failed to meet a bunch of thresholds that uh, generally lead to NFL success. But once you're doing it, that's all I really care about. So Damian Pierce here, pick eight feels uh, like a value.
3: Yeah, no, I I think so. And um, I think you, you spelled it out uh, pretty well. Like, um, maybe not exactly the uh, running back we were hoping ended there, but he's there and he's producing, and it's and it's working out. Um, he's he's been frustrating to me because I've been betting against him, and he keeps uh, <laughs> spr- uh keeps uh producing, and that's been that's been frustrating for me personally. Um, with uh, with the next pick, uh, let's see, we are at number nine. I am going to take the same position and team that uh I was taking right around this time um but a different player. So uh preseason this is where I was kind of calling my shot on wanting uh a nice piece of the Green Bay uh passing offense oh, wow. and I was taking oh wow Oh uh, Watson. But I'm gonna go Whoa, with wow. Romeo Romeo Dobbs right here. Um okay. and uh I, I think he's legit man. Uh, I think he's going to be there for a while. Uh, I, I don't know if Aaron will, but uh, let's assume Aaron's there for two years. I think he'll be able to establish a nice start to his career. Um, he's been he's been super good so far, um, six targets a game. Um, he's been productive. He has even been getting a little bit involved in the run game. Again, um, at this point in the draft, late first round, I want someone who's got a little bit of production now but has a huge upside, and and that's exactly what I see with, with Dobbs. Uh, my next pick's going to make you angry too, so uh, buckle up. <laughs> hey they die.
2: who says that pick maybe ain't maybe, uh, angry <laughs> wow. Uh, wow 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 <laughs> uh, i mean it was surprising i guess i just didn't i didn't see you going that direction this early uh like with the 1.09 going with somebody that had that kind of capital but yeah you know, you know once you start doing it uh it, it kind of matters that you're actually doing it at the pro level and he's already got 30 catches in his first year and you know over 40 receiving yards per game which is not blowing out blowing things out of the water. Uh, but it is still pretty impressive that he's doing it uh, in year one. Uh, in year one, and there was obviously opportunity to be had. And if you compare his production to, well, let's see, any of the other receivers in this class thus far to date, uh, he's been more impressive. Uh, sorry, not not thirty receptions. I was looking at his target targets. Yeah, but seriously, twenty-two receptions already uh, on the year is uh, not bad for for uh, day three. Uh, wide receiver pick, so that is that is a little surprising, but I'm it's, actually going to go... Bold. It's bold. It is, but I'm actually going to go with the guy who started off really hot, uh, kind of cooled down a little bit, but he's still uh, long-term, I think, a play once the quarterback situation gets sorted out, and the offense is not an absolute dumpster fire, but coming into uh, the ugly game that we just witnessed uh, between Oof. the commanders and the Bears... And by the way, did I say Monday Night Football? You did. Before? It's fine. My weeks have been blending together, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, in so this transition. So these football games, man. Full, full, <sighs> I get it. Full disclosure: I, I, I'm a dad of a ten-month-old, and I and I've been in a transition where I've basically been working two jobs for the last two weeks. And I just flew to New York this morning, and basically got uh, two two separate windows of like two hours of sleep each. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, prior to that flight, and so and I, I've been basically doing work uh since i got here and it's already uh midnight so there we go (laughs) you know monday night football is not on thursday by the way just just so you know just so everyone listening in if you're there's any confusion uh like me uh but (laughs) i'm gonna go Jahan dotson pivoting back to where uh, my thoughts were actually going Uh, Jahan dotson wide receiver washington Uh, i think long term i still very much like his opportunity there especially if uh you know well any other living, breathing human being takes over a quarterback. Uh, that would be an upgrade over the Mr. 99 yards passing in prime oh time. God. Oh, my goodness, dude. Like, what a joke. What a freaking joke. Like, that's just when, – when when I saw that Sam Howell was not – he was, like, inactive in, in again. It's so frustrating. So, I would imagine next week they finally at least dress Sam Howell out rather than having their emergency quarterback be um, – What's his face? The converted quarterback to tight end from UNLV, uh, Ar- Armani Rogers, <laughs> or Logan Thomas as their emergency quarterback. Uh, so it'd be nice to actually see Sam how dress. But even if it's not him, if he's not the answer, I think they probably invest in someone else besides Carson Wentz. And the opportunity long-term looks a whole lot better for a player that they just spent first-round draft capital on, by the way. So I think they're not getting rid of him. They're going to funnel some targets his way. Jahan Dotson picked 10 seems pretty easy to make that decision right here.
3: Yeah, I like that one, and, and he is someone who has you know, like you said, he flashed real early um, and he kind of lost some of his shine but I think that's, you know, more testament to the commanders than anything else. I'm going to actually stay with uh, that same uh, football team. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who was getting a bunch of buzz kind of right before um, he was shot, uh, and that's Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, I think we see, I mean, we saw it tonight. I mean, he was you got the touchdown, I believe, um, and uh, that's saying something. Uh, but I, I think he's going to become more and more involved as he gets up to speed here, and I think this backfield will be his. Um, there's been a lot of frustration around Gibson, so I think uh, Robinson is kind of the main man moving forward. And uh, similar to kind of what we uh, talked about with Pierce, I think that um, I'm not, not sure how long he'll be around, but I definitely think that uh, the next couple of years it'll be his backfield.
2: Man, imagine getting shot. No, uh, and I then like <laughs> like six weeks. How many weeks was it? Like six weeks. So I, not, not, and then not the six, a lot. Six or months seven weeks later, months. you're just like, hey guys, I'm just gonna show up to an NFL game and start, and uh, you know have like 17 carries and a rushing touchdown. Uh, yeah. What in the world? Like I'm, I'm thinking of like the timeline of other similar. well, There's no similar. Injury to that, but like other injuries that are going on right now, among like even other positions. Like, how many weeks has Dak been out with like a boo boo on his pinky or something?
3: Right.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, like he, he kind of dinged his finger a little bit and, uh, and he's going to miss the same amount of time probably when it's all said and done as Brian Robinson with a gunshot wound. Like, that's unreal. (laughs) When you think about it that way, it's like, how, how, how in the freaking Mm. world is that, is that really happening right now? Um, but anyway, my next pick, I think at this point, I, I keep putting it off. Uh, but we kind of have to just acknowledge the elephant in the room. Uh, and, his, and the elephant's name is Kenny Pickett. Uh, because he is playing, well, not good. Is, is that the official metric yes, that I, uh, you would use to describe the status that is the Kenny Pickett experience thus far?
3: It's been difficult to watch.
2: <laughs> it's been, it's been. That's putting it incredibly nicely. His his, his, his adjusted mean, yards he, per attempt. He's or like, killed it's like, everyone oh
3: from an offensive I, from an offensive production standpoint. There is no value for this season for any person in Pittsburgh, and that's not all his fault either. Yeah. But like Najee Harris, no, nope, that's not helping Dead, you any. Play nope. Deontay, not nope, n- Nothing n- n- worth it's this. Just,
2: yeah, and so that's, that's not his fault necessarily. No, but at the same time, kind kind of is kind of <laughs> is. And uh, you know, he he finished strong uh out of nowhere became this uh the next Joe Burrow. Uh he's not that. Uh but he is the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh and they want him to work. Uh and uh I mean I mean it's a sample size of like one, but they did have a pretty stable Uh, situation for a long time with big ben and if they can you know really invest in pickett and and put some uh weapons around him help him out with the offensive line and uh you know just continue to develop uh him i think he'll be more than worth uh, a pick at the very end of round one typically in super flex leagues we're seeing the you know one two three four five six picks uh you know a few of these guys be the quarterbacks and this was a weaker class only for a one first rounder being kenny pickett but and he's really kind of a fake round one quarterback from a pro- uh, prospect profile perspective, but Kenny Pickett is is probably at this point a value given the other guys and their ability to contribute now and really long term in the fu- in the future as well.
3: Uh, did you have? Um, I mean, what what kind of odds do you think we could have gotten for Bailey Zappi to get the? of all rookie quarterbacks to get the first win <laughs> like oh, i mean that oh, would have been some good odds yeah. right there uh oh, no Kenny yeah. you i'm i'm curious to see what he can do um i mean i think everyone in pittsburgh wanted him to get the job now he has it let's see what happens um and i do think that offensive line makes it difficult to judge um but yeah
2: 3.7 adjusted yards per attempt is not great but no. Can't get uh, you know can't get much worse. Let's just go with that. But so just to, just to recap round one here. We'll do two rounds by the way. So twelve more picks to go here. In fact, we might have a uh, a little break here. But Brees Hall pick number one. Gary Wilson pick number two. Drake London number three. Chris Olave uh, I had to take him at pick number four. Mister Kenny, best friend of state and best friend of Stefan Kenny Walker at pick five. George Pickens at six. Traylon Burks, seven. Damian Pierce. 8. Romeo Dubs. I will forever call him Dubs. I don't care uh, if it stops. uh, Dubs is better uh, (laughs) (laughs) at at 9. And Jahan Dotson at 10. Brian Robinson uh, somehow already on the field at 11. And Kenny Pickett, Mr. 3.7 AYA himself at 1.12. But uh, we'll kick off round number two after a word from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
4: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
3: All right, we're back and I'm so ready for this pick. Um, This is probably a a steal at this point in the draft. Um, I'm going to go target another... um, kind of surprisingly explosive offense, at least until last week, last week maybe changed the narrative, but I'm going to uh, Detroit and I want Jamison Williams here. Um, I think, you know, the injury kind of has like, he hasn't played yet. Easy to forget about him. Right. Uh, But Jamison Williams was easily a a first round pick um, preseason. I, I think, I mean, now we're even closer to him hitting the field. We've seen that Jared Goff is able to be productive most of the time in this offense. And again, dynasty looking big picture. Um, I think Jamison Williams, uh, the talent, uh, hoping he gets back onto the field soon, um, but knowing that when he does, he um, he's going to be, I think, fantastic. Uh, maybe not what we're seeing from guys like um, Alave and, uh, and and Garrett Wilson and company that we mentioned earlier. But you know, in the second round, I think I think Jamison's a a really solid safe pick this late.
2: I like that. I do. I almost did that at the end of round one, but I thought, you know, are we really going to make it through round one of a super flex draft <laughs> with, with no a guy duty. who actually already has an NFL starting job and not actually pick a quarterback? And maybe that's a bad process. Maybe I just wanted to say Kenny Pickett uh, and snipe him from you because uh, you were kind of Jokingly high on him for a long time and on the college <laughs> side. Yes, uh, I, I, I myself took him in round 45 of a college to Ken draft last so year, good. kind of just as a joke. And then he ended up as a first round pick. But, uh, you know, it, it processes process, right? So, uh, Jameson Williams, I think Amon Ross I'm in Brown has been incredible, but Jameson Williams is going to get some targets whenever he does yeah. come into that offense. Um, and that's not going to say that's not to say I'm in mean, Ross going to disappear, but Jameson Williams, he's going to have some splash moments. So to, to get him at pick 13 overall uh, certainly feels like an incredible value at this point. Um, and on this pick, it's going to seem like I've got take lock, and it's going to seem like it's really kind of a, a bad process pick or whatever. But when you compare him to all the remaining options and the best opportunity to have, uh, you know, the, the clearest path. In the short term, if, if something happens, and even in the long term, uh, given his contract situation and then the pieces surrounding him, uh, it's a really good long-term play as well as a potential uh, if something happens to Leonard Fournette play. Rashad White, running back, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's clearly uh, immediately become the running back, too. He hasn't done a whole lot with his touches uh, to date. His efficiency has been pretty gross, uh, but he has gotten some work as a receiver. Uh, already has you know 26 uh, total touches, uh, which is uh, among the uh, running backs. I think there's only a couple other guys like uh, Isaiah Pacheco and uh, Tyler Algier that have more touches than him. And if it is that something happens to Leonard Fournette, he slots into one of the best feature back roles in the entire league. And we could see a huge pop. And he was a day two pick. He had an incredible profile. He checked every single box that we like to see analytically, except for his age. And so Rashad White, pick 14 seems to be a, a pretty sweet spot for him
3: yeah I was uh waiting for you to pick him and consider taking him uh merely to upset you <laughs> <laughs> um no I mean Letterman Fournette just had 10 receptions last week if I'm not mistaken like, uh yeah and,
2: and I think we could at least triple that for Rashad White if he <laughs> I mean actually, yeah. If he at he least that, yeah if he got the opportunity
3: if he got the opportunity he would not uh disappoint um no so I I, I like that pick I think it's um I think this is the right time for it too. Um, So I think we get to the point of the draft here where um, there's a lot of different directions um, I can go. And I think it would really, in uh, reality, you're never doing these in a vacuum, right? Like you're not just drafting a rookie team. So um, I think need would really, uh, because usually with rookies, I don't draft uh, the first round for need. I'm I'm looking at upside and talent because... um, I just think you, you can, you can pigeonhole yourself, but you know, kind of getting through this, uh, into the second round. Um, I think that starts to change. So, um, depending on where we would be, uh, looking, um, I think it would be, uh, like depending on what my team structure is, uh, if I needed a tight end, for example, there's a few that I would like in this range. Um, but, uh, all of the things being equal, um, I'm going to do something. I don't even know, man, I'm in a rough spot here. Uh, <laughs> struggling with who to take um i'm really struggling i i think i'm going to go ahead and grab malik willis at this point um interesting well that's fun super super flex um, flex, shooting for the stars um i and and i've just been so not impressed with Tannehill. um i don't think i I, you you've mentioned this before and i I, I i trust you on this i don't think uh, this is a play for this season. Uh, I think um, Tannehill's locked in this year, but I think that could change next year. Um, and Malik Willis, while wasn't drafted extremely high, um, we saw flashes in the preseason. Um, I think he gets the sh- the first shot, and I-, I think he could hold on to it and end up being a really successful quarterback. In this league, he has the the skill set for it, it looks like. Um, does he have... Um, is he ready for the NFL after playing at Liberty? Probably not. Um, and that's why he's waiting. But uh, so this is a long term upshot play. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with Malik right here.
2: Okay. Okay. I, I don't mind it. I know a lot of people really love Malik. I think that there was a lot of buzz about him going uh, inside the top 10 picks for a reason. Uh, He basically what happened is he made it past a certain point in the draft and teams were okay letting him drop. And that happens every single year with some quarterbacks. It just happened to happen with a good chunk of different quarterbacks in this year, uh, in this year's draft class. And the the NFL, in my opinion, still did very much so uh, overcorrect in their undervaluation of this class from an analytical standpoint. And so, yeah, I think they they are probably going to give him a real shot, uh, you know. Maybe not even not this year. It's definitely Ryan Tannehill's show, but I think as early as next year he might get a, a legit run to uh, to push Tannehill for that job, uh, if it is that Tannehill does not show much improvement uh, over the next year or so. Uh, but for me, I'm actually going to you know stay away from the quarterback. Still, uh, the class still definitely scares me uh, quite a bit. I'm going to go with Sky Moore, a wide receiver with the Chiefs. And uh, that may seem uh, crazy, but when you drill down into what uh, has been going on with his role, uh, I think this is the calm right before the storm, because what we've seen here in just the last couple weeks is we've seen his snap share jump from an average below 10%. To Oh, he's got 22 snaps. Oh, he's got 25 snaps. Oh, he's actually getting a few targets. Uh, I think we're going to see him really break through in a big way down the stretch in the back half of his career. We see this kind of arc happen quite frequently with. Uh, rookie wide receivers. First six, seven weeks, to, weeks they're kind of quiet, and then they have that strong outburst later on. One of one of the my favorite players that did that was A.J. Brown, kind of slower start, but a huge, huge finish down the stretch. Omni uh, Ross A. Brown was another example like that. started kind of slow, had a huge, huge, huge finish to, down the stretch. We see it all the time with these rookie wide receivers. Sky Moore was heavily invested in by the team, and he was, you know, from year one at Western Michigan, was uh, a breakout kind of player from a production metric standpoint. So really likes Guy Moore to have a big back half this year, as I, I predict that his snap share, target share, rise immensely. I I, I think we, he crests 50% snap share very soon within the next couple of weeks here. So 2.04, fourth pick in the second round. This feels like a value given his capital and and all the, all the things we know about him.
3: Yeah. Um I was I was debating. Um I have him in so many leagues in real life. I hope you're absolutely right about him. Uh, because uh I I invested heavily, you know, like I was taking <laughs> him at the end of the first round, um, hoping that he would be um, you know, I mean pair with Patrick Mahomes. Come on now.
4: Yeah, let's, do something, uh, man. Do something, go. please. Um
3: speaking speaking of uh Western Michigan, how do you feel about Crooms and DFS this week?
2: Uh, I don't have very strong opinions about crimson <laughs> this week, Uh to be honest. What I mean, Western Michigan, all the They're directional Michigan teams. They're I all know, so confusing. And so like, the Mac is just they could score like a, like literally a thousand points, and so you always want to have some exposure. But the confidence level is yeah. it, it cannot ever really truly be high.
3: I'm I'm, I'm, I'm all over the Ohio western michigan game in dfs i just want everyone to know that right now uh, you I'm can a-
2: find stefan's work at <laughs> <Yeah>. rotoviz.com <laughs> I'm, as-
3: a, I'm an insane person um i'm gonna go to a uh, receiver who is coming off a very very impressive game um while he did not score because uh no one did alec pierce put uh, <laughs> put up a really good game um alec uh... pierce uh cincinnati uh showed a lot of speed showed a lot of um interest uh i was not very high on alec pierce i'll be honest um there's like one league i have him in because i was in such a rebuild i have like i had so many draft picks and i needed receivers and so it was just like take them all <laughs> so like i i have I, I literally have um in that league i've got pierce i've got skymore i've got watson and i've got um oh shit i've got one other one i forget who it is but yeah i just all the receivers um, but none of the great ones, <laughs> just all the secondary and tertiary ones. But uh, Alec Pierce is um, coming off a really good game. Uh, another guy who you like in kind of in the mold that you were just talking about starting to come on a little bit. And um, the offense is is scary. I think when Jonathan Taylor, uh, like scary in a bad way, not scary in a good way. Uh, when <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, say. when Jonathan Taylor does come back, I think that will help uh, things uh, tremendously. Matt Ryan does look a little bit washed, uh, but Alec Pierce um, is getting uh, targeted, um, more and more, and so, uh, I do want to have a little bit of uh, yeah, I want to have a, I want to kind of get ahead of it just a little bit here. So, um, I, I, I like Sky more more than him. Like, I wouldn't have taken him if Sky was still on the board, but of uh, the remaining guys, I think Alec Pierce uh, is my favorite wide receiver left on the board. Nice
2: man, I, I like that quite a bit. Uh, but I'm actually gonna go with the real tight end one in this class, and that. And in, in a class, it doesn't look super sexy. I'm gonna stick with the guy who I still think long term is the best talent uh, of this bunch. Uh, we're at, at pick 18. This is a tight end premium format uh, assumed here. And uh, Trey McBride is is stuck behind uh, the, tar- on the on the target totem pole uh, behind Zach Ertz right now. But Zach Ertz is in that tight end role that I think that they want to have. Um, yes, things are going to look differently with Hopkins, uh, here soon. And Hollywood Brown is going to get his, but I don't think Greg Dortch is going to continue to be a target hog. Uh, AJ Green just about, he's done. helped
3: me cash quite a few, like early oh this gosh. year, Dortch yep. helped me cash a few times. <laughs> and so again,
2: th- this is not a redraft play, uh, for this year, but I think he, he's, he's basically learning from one of the best tight ends of this era in Zach Ertz and could slot in, in that similar role, uh, in year two, or even by, like by the end of this year, and, and we've already seen this happen with other tight ends before, <laughs> like Dallas Goddard, uh, was groomed behind Zach Kurtz. And they passed the baton, moved on from Ertz, and it was Trey McBride's turn. And this time, Zach Kurtz is even older, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure when the baton is going to be passed. But pick 18 right here for who I a player who I believe is still very much the tight end one in, in this class feels feels good.
3: Yeah, no, I I, I like that. Um, I was looking at tight end. I'm going to save uh, the tight end I want for my very last pick because I know they'll be there. Um, because you're not insane. Now I'm going to. Uh, now I'm
2: going to. i going to You're you're,
3: uh, that, you're you're welcome to take uh, whenever you like. I'm going to get crazy.
2: I'm only, only taking tight
3: ends now. So. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go back to uh, go back to my uh, play the play the board I had early on in the year. I'm going to go to another guy who hasn't seen any action yet. And um, that's John Mechie. Uh, I think we've seen, wow. um, okay, we've seen a slowdown with Brandon cooks. Um, I think he's still a fine wide receiver, but I don't think he's going to be there uh, for long. So I think John Mechie is the future. Um, I think even more so than Nico Collins in Houston. Um, unlike um, Matt with I do not hate Mechie. I in fact like Mechie and I think he's going to have a productive career. Again, Uh, someone that we were taking um, around this point in in drafts preseason. So uh, I still like the value here.
2: Awesome. I have no idea what the heck I do at this point.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And and, and that's part of it too, is like some of the guys that we were taking here, they are playing, but I'm so unimpressed that I don't want them on my team. Like, like I remember when we did that, we did a similar draft with Wispy, the kid, uh, and and he was all about like uh, Wandale Robinson. Like, there's no way in hell I'm drafting him ever. No. Um. Like, there's just players that have fallen. Might as um, well
2: draft Richie James.
3: Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. Uh, so
2: I'm, I'm gonna quick. I'm gonna quit stalling, and I'm just gonna go with the player that uh, that should be doing what Romeo Dubs is doing, uh, and he's not because yeah. he's got the drop and he's already he was. I don't know why people didn't understand this. He he is, and still, I mean, still is now, a carbon copy of Marcus Valdez Gantling. They they just basically let uh, MVS go and wasted way more draft capital on somebody who's the exact same player with the exact same measurables with the exact same drop problems. Christian Watson feel terrible about it, but to pick twenty given his uh, pedigree. Uh, well, not uh, college pedigree because he played for an FCS school, but you know, the, the draft pedigree that is, uh, they're going to want him to succeed alongside Romeo Dobbs, uh, Dobbs, uh, sorry, long term. And so yeah. I'm going to go with Christian Watson here and just make a capital play here uh, as we get closer to the end of round two.
3: Yeah. Um. Again, hard to argue with any picks at this point. Um, I don't think there's any guys. And, and please, if y'all disagree, uh, complain to Travis. Uh, he loves I'm in New York. In it uh, it's, it <laughs> might be hard to find, but
2: uh, yeah.
3: Um, so I'm going to go with someone who... I don't know what to do here, man. Um, I just
2: hate the options.
3: I'm going to go with a guy that, um, that I like. Just
2: hate the whole board.
3: Um, Nobody. Just who, pass. We... We've seen get involved a little bit, and I liked him um, a bit preseason. And again, this is maybe a ceiling play. I'm going to go with James Cook, uh, running back, Buffalo Bills. Um, I don't think Singletary or Moss look terrible. I'll be honest. They're fine. They're good. Uh, James Cook, it might, it might not work out. But if he does get the opportunity, um, I mean, he, he looked fantastic in uh, garbage time uh, when they were up big. Uh, He got some play last weekend and looked fantastic. So, um, all right, James Cook. um, But, again, uh, not someone I have a whole lot of confidence in, um, but someone that uh, at this point in the draft, I think the upside, if it does click, if it does work out, uh, he he could be a very fun, explosive back. Um, We know what he can do um, as far as uh, his work in the – in the passing game. And we haven't seen it so far in the NFL, but we know that that is a, a trait that he possesses. So um, yeah, James cook for me.
2: Oh man. What a freaking waste of a draft pick. Not, not by you. Cause like, this is a good value, but like what in the world were the bills doing? Right. Like, yeah, I, I, it's cool. Like his brother plays in the league. I know a lot of people liked him. He was, he had some, you know, on a small sample, some electric plays for a school that, uh, you know, if you wear that helmet, you automatically get some capital. Uh, but come on, man. Like he was super underweight, did absolutely nothing till his final year. Uh, I don't know. I it's it's we we've seen this movie before, you know. And so like I don't know why people were reaching so hard and people were so confident. I, I on Twitter, I know people and Twitter is Twitter is what it is. But you know, just insinuating that there might be some players that are still in college that are. Already clear, clearly better than James Cook was surprising to a bunch of people in the preseason. But I'm like, come on, guys. No, even like similar smaller bodied players in college right now are definitely better talents than James Cook. Like when I, I was saying Devin A. Chain for Texas AM was better clearly at, well, quite literally everything than James Cook, that's at this point seems like an obvious fact. Like, and so, um, I'm still fading James Cook long-term. I don't think he'll ever really amount to anything, but pick 21 uh, with the capital. Maybe they give him a little bit more run later in the year. Maybe there's something that happens ahead of him, but things are really looking rather gross uh, for his future outcome right now. Uh, I, I am curious before I make my pick here, and you don't have to give it away completely, but were you considering any other running backs in this spot ahead of him?
3: Um i mean yeah i mean i i think you you've got to consider um algier at this point uh pacheco maybe um th- th- those are guys that like i mean algier is getting some, is getting touches you know so i mean um he's already got 40 rush attempts that's significant um i've not been impressed with what he's done with those touches um only three targets doesn't make me super excited, but uh, definitely someone um, I was considering. Where where, where are you looking at here? Zemir White is another guy I was thinking about too.
2: Yeah, there there were a couple of guys I was looking at uh, in this spot instead of him. I I was trying to just think it through because I thought, you know, he's probably going to take James Cook at this point. Um, But uh, I didn't really know which direction you were going to go. But I was looking around like, man, there's so many places that we could kind of pivot to. Um, But uh, I'm actually going to go. And again, I, I told you I was going to only take tight ends. I was kind of joking, but uh, I'm going to go with Jelani Woods.
1: Yes. Tight end,
2: Indianapolis Colts. I don't know if that's who you're going to take, but uh, he was somebody I wrote up for a road uh, during draft season uh, after he was selected because uh, he was such a, an odd play at Virginia, right? They, they they tossed the ball like 50 times a game uh, in his final season. And so his his raw numbers looked better than they were from a market share standpoint, but the dude was like six foot seven and 260 plus pounds and just, just dunk dunking on people, you know, and making it look really easy. And then he was also fast enough at that size, even to kind of create some separation uh, in the seam. And so he he was really fun. Uh, Even from week one, he was having kind of a higher snap share and he's already got a couple touchdowns this year. Uh, Rookie tight ends take a while to break out but they they invested pretty early capital in him and then the receiving options there haven't exactly wowed outside of Pittman. So, yeah, Jelani Woods, I mean, at at pick 22, I mean, prior to uh, the season, that that would feel like a reach, but given what, it seems like they're already invested in his future there. So uh, I like him at this point.
3: Yeah, I can't uh, can't argue. Um, Not the tight end I was looking at. So um, the guy I'm looking at is... uh, You're going to hate this, Um, but I don't care. So (laughs) when the Denver Broncos drafted Greg Dulcich, um, everyone was like, well, that's weird. They've got Albert O. Albert O is awesome. Everyone wanted to draft Albert O after the Russell Wilson trade. Albert O in week four uh, played one snap, uh, and it wasn't because of injury. Oh, Um, so bad. In week five, he only played 15 snaps. Um, He has seen his workload drop. Um, The number one tight end currently – is a gentleman by the name of Eric Saubert, who I'm sure is a lovely gentleman. Um, but Greg Dulcich uh, just came off the IR earlier this week. Um, the Broncos have been playing it slow with him because they want him healthy, because they want him to be a key part of this offense. Um, if you've watched the Broncos much, I'm sorry. But also, if you've watched the Broncos much, if you watched Russell Wilson much, like I have, um, huge... Russell Wilson fan, which hurts me to say this season, but um, he loves throwing it to the tight ends. We've seen um, him make uh, Will Disley uh, relevant. Uh, Jimmy, the ghost of Jimmy Graham was catching touchdown passes. (laughs) Um, But uh, I I think Greg Dulcich is going to be a very key part of this offense. Uh, You've seen um, a lot of drops by um, Salbert and Jerry Judy kind of in the middle of the field. I think they're going to utilize him there uh, running up the seam. Um, I think we'll see a lot of vertical game. Uh, to this. So I think Dulcich has the opportunity to, uh, to offer some um, help towards the back end of the season. I think it's going to take him a couple more weeks to really get going because he is coming off that hamstring. Um, yeah. But I've talked way too much about Greg Dulcich. <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh, know, I
2: think this I'm glad you did though, because he was such a fun, like vertical threat at, at the tight end position. His yards per reception was just bonkers. Like at some point it was like almost 20 yards per reception for, uh, for a while there. And uh, in, in his time at UCLA, so um he's a lot of fun. He meets a bunch of production thresholds and athleticism thresholds that we like to see. So once Can he actually you see gets an opportunity. Picture? Uh I, <laughs> with the you know, the mushroom he's got, helmet.
3: It, he's got an egg head. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: yeah, that was actually that's become standard, you well, know, in so, a lot of the practices. But
3: well, I just love that they chose that image, So, uh for this yeah, picture.
2: Yeah. But I'm going to go – I almost went this direction. I just wanted to see if I could tonight the tight end you were going to take, frankly. <laughs> but uh, I'm actually going to go with Desmond Ritter, the player who I should have taken already. Uh, a Quarterback who will be replacing Marcus Mariota within the next three weeks uh, and given a shot to earn that, that role. And I think he deserves it. Uh, he peaked above the 90th percentile of, of, in terms of his scheme-adjusted pass efficiency profile. Um, You know peaked around 15% rushing yard market share a bunch of really promising reduction metrics for the quarterback position for Ritter took Cincinnati to the college football football playoff and had all the athleticism in the world and really just looks already like a healthier version of Marcus Mariota. Uh, so I, something has to give, they, they've got to give him a shot at some point here soon. And so to let him fall out of the, the top two rounds, uh, would feel a little irresponsible. Uh, I mean, I, I want to go Sam, Sam Howe cause I think, you know, Carson Wentz is, is, uh, is, you know, kind of a dumpster fire right now. Um, And that's probably putting it nicely, but uh, you know Desmond Ritter. I think he he sees the field very soon. What what do you think about that? And who who else would be up for consideration if we went another third uh, for our third round here for you?
3: Uh, A couple of the guys that I was looking at, um, by the way, I think Ritter's a a fine pick here. Uh, Superflex again. I don't, I don't think we. I mean, I took Malik Willis, so (laughs) I I I can't say anything. Uh, 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 TDP, uh, Tyrion Davis Price is someone. Um, who I was thinking about Uh, Daniel Bellinger tight end for New York giants. I think is someone that uh, could be in consideration. I think he's um, he's shown that he could be interesting. Kyle Phillips for the Titans uh, flashed early has since uh, kind of come back to earth. I I, I am curious to hear your thoughts on him. Um, Those were some of the guys that were kind of uh, floating around. Um, I don't know. Velas yeah, Jones I mean, scored a touchdown last week. <laughs> I'd love yeah, for no, that to happen. Jalen yeah. Tolbert, on the other hand, a guy who I have a ton of. He's the other guy that I had in that league that I forgot to mention um, yeah. for obvious reason because he he is gone. He's disappeared. I think I saw last time I saw him, he was on the back of a milk carton. So um, not exactly <laughs> oh, sure what's that's, going that's, on.
2: That's
3: yeah, that's about right.
2: So. Uh, I think uh, other names, obvious names that we're a little confused on why they haven't done more. Uh, David Bell,
3: um, yeah, I was looking at him too.
2: I'd really like him to do something as a Purdue, uh, you know, alum. I, I'm always rooting for my Boilermakers to actually do something in the pros. So please, Rondell more please, David Bell, uh, do something, you know, just poke him with a stick, do something, please. Yeah. Uh, but there are, yeah, probably four or five other interesting running backs that that should go uh, in this range. You know, Tyler Algiers done something. Hassan Haskins has done something. Jalen Warren is breaking, breaking tackles like at a you know, faster rate than just about anybody else in the league. Isaiah Pacheco, uh, finally, you know, got away from Rutgers and all of a sudden he's a good running back. So,
3: you know, a little shakir, baby.
2: He's, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of players that were preseason darlings that had uh, short stints of production already this year, uh, that, that have been promising somewhat. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think a, a lot of those kind of mid-round running backs, uh, the, you know, the rounds three through. I mean, the only the round three guy that we didn't take was TDP, but r- rounds four and five, kind of running backs, could be in the conversation. And then you know, Ch- 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 uh, Ch- Ch- Chigga Conquo tied in for the Titans, Kate Otten tied in for uh, the Bucks. Yeah, uh, you know, th- there's a bunch of in- intriguing plays that would be in the round three discussion. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's already been uh, about sixty different rookies uh, who have either done something uh, in terms of gotten a target or a touch or had uh, day two capital. And so there's still a pretty safe production, uh, pro- projection rather, in the short term. So that's, that's a lot of uh, players to have done something at this point uh, in the uh, skill position groups and quarterbacks. And so um, this class is not perfect. Uh, it's not great uh, depth-wise at the running back position. But the wide receivers, obviously, very promising. Uh, even today, I mean, we took five of the first seven picks for wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, seven of the top ten were wide receivers. Uh, so, uh, looks like a promising crew. Uh, it's yeah, not, in I that mean, position
3: for sure. Um, it's the others that I'm. I mean, and I think the tight end position could also um, pan out nicely. Running back, true. as you mentioned, I think is a little bit. Uh, I mean, and we suspect. knew that though. Yeah,
2: and that's the thing. Like, and that's why we play devi leagues. That's why we get ahead of this two, three years down the, down, down the road. We know when these classes are coming, especially at the running back position. Like next year, going to be a pretty good running back crew. The year after that, there's probably three guys who are already looking pretty promising. So both of the next two classes look better than this one. And even yeah. at the very, very top, beyond that, just the, among the true freshmen, there's, there, it looks more promising than uh, this particular class looked at the running back position. It was really Brees Hall or Bust. I mean, in terms of the safety of long-term projection, uh, it's still Brees Hall or bust. I, I know Kenny Walk, your buddy Kenny and Damian Pierce uh, could be something. I like Rashad White, but man, it really does still feel like Brees Hall and then everyone else. So I don't know. I kind of disappointed a little bit this year, but I'm really looking forward to 2023 rookie picks. I know they're already way overvalued, but uh <laughs> Uh, what's your take with that? Cause I mean, like how, how would you compare to these rookies? I always, I often get questions like, how do you compare these rookies this year to, to, to rookie picks next year? Like if, if I'm not I in still
3: the position craziest, to. Yeah. I saw the craziest Twitter poll the other day. I don't remember who put it up, but if you're listening, I uh, shame on you, shame on you. Cause you made me click <laughs> in like half a second. I needed to think about it. It was breeze hall or two 2023 first round picks. And I was like, I take the two first round picks every single time. Like, I um, over Brees Hall. I I just think the value um on those picks is tremendous um because of the talent that we see, like a John Robinson or, or uh whomever your favorite running back is that's gonna be coming out. Um yeah, I I I'd rather have the picks.
2: Yeah, I think that there's it's closer than than well, to me anyway, it seems closer than than you believe it is but i think yeah the the picks uh, they're gonna grow in value um but Brees hall is kind of like already to me like he's the goal of like a pick and unless i think that one of those picks is definitely going to be bijan it's hard for me to get super excited about the picks but i realistically i wouldn't hold on to them i'd I'd move them for different players later on as as the draft got closer anyway so i so from a value standpoint for dynasty fantasy purposes i think you're still right
3: yeah i mean you give me yeah I um, take two every time. <laughs> More is always better. <laughs> I mean, it's not true, but it is. <laughs> I was gonna
2: say it's okay though. In this yeah. case, absolutely. Yeah. Let's <laughs> stay fun. You wanna you know you know sign us off here?
3: Yeah. Um. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh. We will be back. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back with them next week to talk college football. Probably. Absolutely. Um. I think we're gonna get back into a good rhythm here, but. Um, in the meantime, thank y'all so much for listening. Do take a minute to rate and review the show, subscribe, follow along. Um, we, uh, can be found both on the Rotoviz of main feed, but we do also have our college to Canton, uh, feed. So, uh, we usually drop a little bit earlier in that feed, um, just based on scheduling and stuff like that. So, uh, do follow us along there. Um, check out all of Travis's stuff, as he mentioned, uh, with his new gig here, a lot of exciting stuff coming down. Um, down the uh the pike the pipe i'm not sure which one but both probably um and uh you can still find my step over on rotoviz i'm running uh the weekly dfs from a college side um article and uh, that's been a hell of a lot of fun my first losing week last week that was not fun um but uh, bouncing yeah. back this week with a lot of western michigan ohio bobcats it's gonna be delightful Get <laughs> it. thank y'all so much for listening um for travis uh, i'm stefan and we will talk to you next week
1: It's happening daily, we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.